and it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 37, recorded Friday, March 25th, 2011. Dude, check this out. Hey, it's Wild and Maverick back again today chatting about Splunk Talk. We got some interesting stuff that came up this week. Let's uh, see what that is. I gotta have more cowbell. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Good it's Michael Wild, Splunk Ninja Dude on Splunk Talk. We got my Splunk. buddy, my good buddy Maverick. Splunk Maverick, how's it Splunk going? Splunk Maverick, that's awesome. Um, we're both Texans. Well, I'm Texan by migration, right? Are you a native Texan? No, you're not. Well, uh, I, I don't know how to answer that. Um, I, was, I'm New, I was born in New Jersey. I've lived in Gilroy, California, the garlic capital world. Thank you very much. And then uh, Chicago. I've lived in Chicago, uh, near, near, kind of near where Jeff is now. Uh, and then uh, St. Louis and then here in Dallas, so all over. Have you lived in Clayton? No, I don't believe I've been there. Okay. I like Clayton, though. That's a nice part of St. Louis. It, it, it is a nice. My, my wife worked there. Yes. My wife has been there many times. She- uh, but we are... Uh, we're Texans now, anyways. And, and Texans, uh, Texas is a warm place. As a matter of fact, it's quite warm today, whenever today is. It's like it's going to be 89. It's still March, which is awesome. I've been cooking, of course. What are you, what are you cooking? Oh, I digress. Somebody sent us an email on Splunk Talk about wanting to hear about how the Splunk Ninja came about. So maybe we'll talk about that later. But that means he's been listening since episode four. And people who've been listening back then know that that was black last summer. And I used to talk about like stuff that I was barbecuing like ribs. And so yeah. I got the grill going now lately. And I've been making steaks and other things like that because I'm trying to eat um, a less carb diet. And the latest thing with almost every meal lately has been bacon wrapped jalapenos with cream cheese in them. Oh my god! I mean, how awesome is that on the grill? Have you ever been to EpicMealTime.com? You should go there. I it's good. never have, but I love the fact that it, it actually has the word "epic" in it. Yeah, bacon is pretty much an element in everything that they do, and it's basically a cooking show for dudes. And their their goal is to make the most high calorie meal they can in one meal, and and they and they pay some dude, one of their friends, to eat the thing, and it's pretty funny. They make bacon, they make cups out of bacon, they mold cups out of bacon, and they cook it into a cup, and then they pour like. What is that for loco inside there? And then you have to drink and then you eat the bacon oh cup and then you eat the cup at the end. You know, it's like, it's pretty awesome. But uh, it, it's, the Death Star meatballs, you know, they just things like 5,000 or 50,000 calories per thing or whatever. I mean, the only thing you can say to that is that's epic. <laughs> it, it is very epic. So you should check Epic Meal Time. Epic Meal Time. That's awesome. That's what I learned this week at the beginning of the show. There you go. <laughs> All right. So the uh, so we're gonna switch it up today, probably. Then I guess since I we're know. already switching it up, we're just gonna talk about different stuff, and then we're gonna do this. All righty. Okay. Interesting stuff this week, based on things I learned and questions that came up. And uh, here's a question for you. Maybe a question, or let's just chat about it. Okay. Licensing. Okay. All right. Licensing is the most boring thing in the world other boring. than... yeah. We'll see. What would be more boring than licensing? Um, uh, dusting. I think dusting is probably more boring. I think yeah. 
watching paint it's, dry is more interesting because there's a chance you might get high off the fumes. Okay. I think dusting. I think dusting after you've already dusted, right, and then you're dusting like a second time. That's more boring. Then second. you have a problem. That's called OCD. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> uh, I had somebody ask me yesterday, "Hey, can, uh, can I take and, like, allocate?" Uh, a really, really tiny amount of my license to my developer group. Like how small, how tiny, how small? I don't know. Something like 10 megabytes, which seemed kind of weird, but I thought, I thought we only had, I thought we would go to hundred megabytes or something. That is true in one respect. So license files, when you get a license from Splunk mm -hmm. as a per, you purchase it, or even if you use a free license, the license files, Files themselves, we don't generate a minimum uh, of any less than 100 megs. I don't even know why 100 megs exists because it's not a tier that we sell our product, but whatever. There's probably yeah. a reason where there's a license that's small. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess, you know, here's a reason. Um, maybe if somebody bought a 500 megabyte license and they wanted to do distributed search off across two servers, they would need a license that was, in the past, they would need a license that was smaller than 500 megs. Okay, that might be the reason why. But um, licensing in Splunk 4.2 is, uh, you know, it takes a considerable amount of time to develop software itself. And then you have to go and deal with licensing stuff. And uh, we put a lot of effort into this thing. And like I said, it's totally boring. But there's stuff you should know. Okay. Stuff you should know. Which, by I the way, is an awesome podcast. If you've never listened to it, Stuff You Should Know is great. So if you look in the docs if you want to see the visual or the clarification on this, but there is some new terms. So first you can take licenses. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, th well, there's a concept of a license server, like your indexer might be the master and other indexers might be, let's say the slave license uh, servers uh, or they were slaves. So indexers that you have or search heads can sort of, subscribe to the licenses that are on that you know master okay great yeah, Don't they worry. check they check in with it and figure out what they get yeah yeah yeah. and also these never call home so we don't really actually know how much you're really indexing um you know we expect people to be honest but okay so if i have a, a bunch of indexers they can check in and get licenses from this license server now there's some terms you're going to see, groups, stacks, and pools, okay? So stack, you'll usually see one group because you have just one group of all the things you need to license. And within there, you'll see potentially one stack and one pool, mm -hmm. okay? So if you go to the top, top is group, and group, you can group stacks of licenses. And a stack of them might be, you know, this month you buy 10 gigs. And okay. six months later, you buy... Um, you know, uh, another group, for example, in your same company buys a 20 gig license. You can stack those licenses on top of each other into a stack. Okay. Does that mean that everyone in your Splunk deployment can index 30 gigs? If they're pooled. Well, correct. If all those members, if that whole set of licenses in that stack were allocated to a single pool. Yeah. Okay, so pool is that next level down where you uh, have the real license allocation. Um, and a pool has indexers or Splunk nodes assigned to it. 
So this customer said, I want to be able to allocate 10 megabytes, which seems kind of small, but hey, it's not Wild's yeah. use case. Yeah. Um, there's to, to some developers. Just like one, yeah, one developer server or something. Yeah, just maybe it's some, just, yeah. 10 megs could be realistic for that, yeah. Sure, maybe it's just one one guy. Yep. And their app, he just it's for one build, you know, who knows? Or they, or they don't have verbosity turned up on their logging or something, but they still need to see the critical exceptions or something. Yeah, or I don't know, at least allocate something for development to use. So um, what, what you can do is you can take uh, and make a pool Okay, so usually when you install Splunk, there's a default enterprise license pool that's there just so you don't have to create all this crap. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in yesterday to try it out. I had a five gig license and I clicked edit on that pool and then I changed it to three gigs. So my pool was now three gigs, which means I had two gigs to allocate. Allocate. I have to go back and fix this because I'm getting licensing errors. <laughs> but I then created another license pool of 10 megabytes. And then Splunk gives me the list of all the indexers it knows about that have connected that, you know, we got to wire your wire them up. Sure. And uh, then I could say I want 10 megabytes applied to this pool. And the following indexers are members of this pool. And then, bang, it just works. Of wow. course. Right after that, I started getting license violations because I was indexing more than three gigs on that particular server. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a bit over. So, but here's something that sucks about Splunk 4.2. <gasps> Ooh. No, nothing sucks. No, it come doesn't. on. Uh, no, you can't say that on a podcast like this. You I, can't can, say. I can say it sucks. Um, well, in right. 4.1, in, in License Manager, yeah. you could see your license violations, which you can. Okay, and uh, and you could also see what your peak volume is. Right. Correct. In four dot two, in the license manager, you can see your violations, but you cannot see your peak volume. Oh, really? Why? Why not? They didn't put it in there. <laughs> it's not in there. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's in another location. Yeah. Part of that is I think they want it to be in another location. Although I kind of think it should be over there. So in 4.1, there was a view in the search um, app. If you went to status, the menu, click on status. Correct. And yep. uh, then what do you do? You click on what? Uh, indexing activity or whatever. And, uh, indexing daily. volume. Yep. Volume. You can see what, uh, you can see what, uh, you're, what you're doing per day or whatever in there. Correct. And Splunk would uh, do a little search inside its own internal index and present you with a set of stats. Like, for example, if you wanted to see what your daily uh, indexing rate was over the past seven days, you could see it by day, which is cool. So then, hey, if you have to buy Splunk, you can say, hey, Jeff Dobbs, I need a quote for 10 gigs because I can see that. Yeah, it's it's a, yeah, it's searching the metrics logs for the uh, indexing bytes or whatever, yeah, per it day, per, per source, per index, yeah. In 4.2, the detail view is gone. Oh, really? For You mean that search is gone? Or, well, or the indexing that? volume dashboard is there. but oh, okay. um, And you can see uh, per index or per host, but you don't actually get to see, let's say if you split it up by index, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't actually get to see every day. So you don't get the time chart below. So you can't see yesterday it was 10 gigs, the day before it was 5 gigs, previous day it was 20 gigs. You can't see that. 
Okay, well, that does kind of suck, but um, <laughs> but you could you could do still do a search though on the metrics logs and figure that out. Well, like, correct, we still, correct. We can we can put we can put it on answers so people can still run it or whatever. We should do that. Yeah, and and also and then so they created an app which is awesome called Deployment Monitor. Oh okay. yes, of course. Yeah, that's awesome. You might have seen that, and you—if you're a four-to-two person, it's probably still disabled because you didn't know what it was. Okay. Yeah. So enable the deployment. Ma- what is the when you enable it? What is deployment man- monitor? Is that what it's called? Deployment monitor. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Not deployment manager because that's part of another part of the product. Deployment monitor. What's in deployment monitor? Uh, well, I think it has some dashboards with the searches that look at at all of the uh, metrics logs, but it's around your forders and your, um, uh, you know, whether they're up or down, uh, how much they're sending, if they stop sending, things like that. The, the the normal things that we've had to do with searches before manually, anyway, they're just all included there. Yeah, the, the you know the guys who run product management like really want to get like the logging in Splunk, you know, pretty solid. I mean, it's logging in Splunk is good. You know, we do our own logs, but hey, we're like anybody else. We make logs for the consumption of for some purpose. And uh, so they're putting more detail in the logs. As a result, this deployment monitor app is pretty cool because, you know, when you load it up, you can see what forwarders are doing because that's always been a mystery. What the hell the forwarders are doing? Are they checking in? Am I getting data? How much is coming through? Is there a forwarder there that has not been there? Yeah, did it die off? Did it die off, right? Yeah, how do I know? Yeah. How would I know? I know. So there's all that detail, and there's even some alerting. So there's like little buttons you can click on to do alerts. Like if you, for example, you have a a quiet forwarder is what they call it if if it hasn't checked in in a while. Um, But there's there's a license section too. So you can see how much you're indexing. Ah, so that that's is that where you moved it? I that's moved it where um, oh, okay. that's where Splunk recommends that you go to look for the details around your license, except it doesn't have daily view. It, it doesn't have the daily oh. detail. Right? Oh. <laughs> okay. So we're still we're still not, it still fail is that in that respect? <laughs> but you, I mean, I mean you, like again, you could still <laughs> do a search on it anyway and get it. So I mean, it's not correct. Like a still showstopper or anything. Correct. But. Go to it's, s- just, it's inconvenient. We need to put it in there. It we need to, did you follow an ER for it I, I, I talked to John Trevelli, who's this uh, product manager at Splunk that takes care of that. Um, he's our favorite vampire that works at Splunk. And uh, he, <laughs> um, it, it took a little while for me to get the point across to him, but he got it. He's like, oh, yeah, I see it. Because your Splunk rep asks, you know, our Splunk sales reps ask the, you every day if you're buying it, what kind of license do you need? And they say... You know, you got to go figure out how much that is. Well, yeah. Or, Sometimes, or, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Or if, you, if you're if you already a paying customer or sure. you're using it and you need to know if you, it's time to upgrade, right? If you're getting close to your to your peak or whatever, um, you'd, it'd be nice to know that. I mean, that's the whole reason for, for doing it. Yeah, I, there I, are some cool graphs in Deployment Monitor. But um, so they're going to fix, they're going to add, fortunately, because Deployment Monitor is an app mm-hmm. and these other things are views, it would be easy enough to augment, like, Somebody could release that, but I think they're going to try to put it in 4.2.2. But go to SplunkNinja.com and look for a blog post called Getting More Intelligence on How Much You're Eating. It's something I did like two years ago, which has the searches that Maverick is referring to on how you figure out what your indexing level is. Some people won't care about this, but also for your own edification, you can see how Splunk actually searches and discovers for the reporting purposes how much we're indexing. So, 
Yeah. It's cool. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm sorry that I accused you of uh, talking about something that sucks. I, I wouldn't say it sucks. Maybe that's a harsh word. It's inconvenient that it doesn't have it, I think, is a better... <laughs> it sucks. Okay. Like the, like the way it did that? Oh, okay. It All sucks right. because, like, in the previous version, you could see exactly how much you're indexing. Now you got to go through, jump through a couple of hoops. Like, you know, oh, we well. get it. We're There's worse it. things in the world. That's what I'm... No, what I'm Splunk saying. rules as a, as a tool, and uh, I have a... I have an example of how it rules. All right, hit me. What's your example? All right, so check this out. Say, turns out to be the same person that I was talking to about this license thing. Different topic. And um, yeah. he has uh, a .NET application. Okay. And the .NET application, I'm going to assume, although I didn't ask, the .NET application probably has a syslog appender built into it there's a .NET syslog appender that you can put in there and really what it will do is it'll take .NET logging it'll stream it out to syslog mm-hmm. so he has got it going directly to Splunk okay it's going like oh just over UDP 514 right into Splunk and Splunk's doing a pretty good job of eating all this data it's uh, some audit logs or something from a database and right. some of these well not, it's not all database stuff it's really from the .NET app so some of this stuff his um uh multi-line events there's a stack trace right right because you know it's a that's common for logging coming in an application common for a mvc multi-tier application to have stack traces. there could be some be thousands of lines long in some cases if you're not careful there depending on the classes and stuff perhaps um and as you know, you look at a multi-line event, if you've ever seen one, if you're so lucky enough to have, you know, there's often a timestamp at the beginning, a bunch of stuff, and then, you know, like different things in there, like the lines of code and all the stack trace and all the error messages. Well, so this um, .NET app or, you know, IIS or the syslog appender is sending this stuff over syslog. Now, it's including literal new line characters in with the events and an encoded character. Uh, an encoded new line line, carriage return whatever right you can't actually see the encoded one like you can't because it's encoded right well it's Um, it's a hidden character yeah yeah, it's hidden right non-display yeah it's not displayed just like the end of every line normally isn't displayed so when you eat data in splunk splunk is going to look for a new line character by default usually like um Either new line or carriage return line feed, which if you encode it, it's backslash n or backslash r backslash n, right? That's the that's how you describe a new line character. Right. Well, okay, it was doing that because those encoded characters were actually there. But there still was these friggin' backslash n's that were littered all over the event itself. And those backslash ends were really what the proper line break is should have been oh, okay. in the um, in the .NET events. Otherwise, it was all like skewed to the left and right, and stuff wasn't broken. It was just ugly. And you know, I'm a Mac guy, and I like things to look pretty. And who doesn't right. want things to look pretty, right? Yeah, especially your manager. Manager always wants it to look pretty. Well, I don't know. My manager just wants details and to get things done. <laughs> anyways so check this out um i went into props.conf and i added a stanza you know i had to stop the server and clear my data and re-index it or this customer i told him to just 
put it in there and he'd, all new data would be fixed. Right. I said, I put a stanza in there, says in all caps, line underscore breaker. Okay. So you can tell Splunk, hey, what's the line breaker? Which the characters that you should create a new line on. Right. And I put in, uh, in parentheses, I put a regular expression. And that regular expression was the existing ways, right? Backslash N. Mm-hmm. And then a pipe, which is an or. Or. Yeah. Then a backslash R backslash N, which is carriage return line feed. Right. <laughs> okay. And then a pipe. And then I did double backslash N. So I was escaping the literal backslash N. Uh, yeah, right? right. Exactly. So, so we'll find the text, the text version. The of, yeah, text, yeah, right. Yeah, and then yeah. I hit parens, restarted my Splunk server, and ta-da! The .NET events looked perfect. It totally worked. That's cool. It's cool. It's it is awesome. Frustrating sometimes to you know to deal with other products that just do things do things in strange ways, but Splunk's really flexible. Well, th- well, that that just shows the show, goes to show the um, the the flexibility and also the it's just that it's a configuration thing, and that's what I like to tell people when I when I talk to them with customers right. talk with customers is that. It might seem frustrating, but it's just a configuration. Even that last thing you talked about, how you know we don't have the, the, that search. It's an inconvenience. You know, it, it sucks, but you could. But it's you know you can totally make it happen. You can totally make it work. Uh, and uh, you know, so just by configuring it to to do that to do it right, or just getting and experimenting with Splunk to see. Like I'm sure if it didn't work the way you you just did, like that regex didn't work, you'd just keep trying until you got it right. And that's the that's the real value. I did. I screwed you up actually, three times. Yeah, yeah. And that's the real value to me. And and you know, I think and from like I said, talking with customers that they see the value in that too. That it, hey, I can just kind of keep going at this, and it's worth my time to experiment with this versus get, either giving up, which is what they might do, or um, or trying to find another product which might be too rigorous and um you know may not be able to handle that at all and then you know without paying paying the vendor a lot of money or whatever so right to 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 build it for them so i think that's really great that you were able to to no, do- I know, especially because part of my job is to help people be successful. <laughs> like it's trying to say I'm glad you Right, right, like and and Splunk makes me look really smart, I'll tell you. I mean yeah. I'm a halfway smart guy, but it makes me look because you know I'm good at it and I'm used to it. And even after four and a half years, I'm like, I learn new stuff every day because there's a lot that I don't learn. As you know, we've talked about before. I think we might have talked about on one episode the untable stuff, but it's just like it, it's it's just a totally fun because we're users of it too. We don't just represent it; we use it for our own stuff, and that's the other cool thing: setting up our own stuff and monitoring our own things and. Epic transition. Okay. Okay. Epic segue into uh, uh, something that we did last year. What what were we doing, Maverick? (coughs) Excuse me. During episode number 10. Um, Where were we? Before I answer, are you going to play the bumper or you just want me to answer? No. You just want me to to answer? We don't Uh, do the bumper yet. I believe believe we were uh, at the uh, user conference. Boom. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. What, we were at the that, user's that, conference. That's one of the first times we were all together and all at the same time, and we had to, like, actually do this podcast together. It was, so it was, very, it was but, very weird. But it was fun. Yeah. Like, our podcast. Was you were fun. all laying across the couch. like you were I was some, a lot fatter, imp, too. Like, some emperor, God. like, and someone's bringing you grapes and things. And I wish. <laughs> I wish. But, no. Uh, <laughs> next, we do it this year. So, anyways, we'll do the podcast out there. But why did I bring that up? 
Uh, because we have it coming up again. Correct. So, no idea why there's not a big giant link on the homepage. There might be now when you hear this. There isn't a giant link? Dude, I don't know. Okay. All right, I didn't look, but maybe I'll look. You should have a link. It should be the first thing up there so people can register early and save money on early birds. Well, stuff. um... Oh, you know, they, you, you know you want to go. It might early. be there now. It might be there now. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, By the time they hear this, it is probably. <laughs> depending on when you listen to this, there might be a link on the homepage. But if you just go to splunk.com and search for the word "users conference," uh, you'll find it. It's some cryptic page or whatever. But um, it's not in the events page, which is strange. But does it, look cool? does it look cool? Does it have some cool graphics and stuff? No, no it's like the same <laughs> thing. But they figured out where it's going to be and when it's going to be. So. It's going to be at the Westin St. Francis uh, on August 15th through 17th of this year, 2011. Okay, we call it .conf, which is cute because that's the name of our configuration files. Um, the reason why we want to start talking about this now is, you know, there is an early bird price. I don't know if it's up there yet. Oh, yeah, there's an early bird price before May 13th. You save 200 bucks, so it's like 6 what is it? Six ninety five, which yeah. is not bad for like a, a conference like that. Um, there's also some Splunk University classes, the actual classes that you can buy from Splunk that are normally done over the web, are done live, which is kind of cool, right? Because yep. a lot of times you, you know, it's just you and a WebEx and a bunch of people that you don't really know. But the reason also why I wanted to mention this is. Um, you can uh, you can like be a rock star at it because there is a call for sessions right now. Okay. Oh um, yeah, we might want to get them involved. Yeah, there's some saying. sessions that are already on there, but if you're interested in doing a session, uh, you can. Uh, I think you can send them a mail or click on something there that lets you uh, lets you sign up for a session. Um, if you're interested in giving one. Um, and they're starting to, uh, there's some, there's a stab at some of them now, like everything from using Puppet to manage Splunk. Um, that sounds cool. Onboarding data, enterprise stuff, extending Splunk, like building, there's some app building stuff, Splunk and Hadoop, Splunk and VMware, um, a bunch of cool stuff. So you want to check this out so you can have an idea. And then you can, um, you know, put a request in uh, if you have to travel. It's better to put it in early, uh, you know, to fly out there and, and do all that stuff, which is fun because user conference was way fun. Right? It's always fun. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the guys from Australia. Those guys are fun. Yeah. And of course. And, and, and Felix Lepa, he was fun too. Yeah. And, you know, vendor is there. So you're likely to get free drinks from somebody, which, you know, doesn't suck. So, wasn't there one last thing that I was going to talk about? Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. How did you get your name and stuff? Oh, there or, was that. Or whatever. Or, whatever. Uh, or you, was there something else besides that? There was time. Uh, I thought there was something else besides that. Um, uh, well, so I had, a, I had someone send me an email today. I'll have to send him a t-shirt or something. We do have a swag store now at co-store.com slash Splunk. You can buy stuff. We don't make any money off it, but it lets you buy Splunk things if you want them. Uh, someone did buy a t-shirt on SplunkNinja.com the other day, which is cool. And I don't make any money off of that either. But um, so the Splunk Ninja thing. 
here's the answer to the question. Because apparently I said later on, I'll tell you what that where it came from. And hey, hats off to anybody who's been listening to us for 35 episodes. That's epic, epic. Um, so in 2006, I started at Splunk in 2006, the same year that Maverick did. We were like the three musketeers, me, Maverick, and Bob Fox. Uh, more like around. more like the more like the three stooges actually yeah three stooges musketeer you're kind of blown out of proportion when you say musketeers but yeah because um, i can't grow any facial hair really well so i think you have to have a good mustache but, for but you can but you can spin around on the ground real easy real yeah, fast yeah and i'm and I, I got my head shaved like curly so there you go yeah. right yeah. um <laughs> 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 and jeff jeff blake is like shemp he was like the extra he was like <laughs> He is like, he's fourth, I see him kind of like Mo, dude. Because <laughs> no, Mo's but, so cranky. Yeah, no. Well, okay. Maybe yeah. that's true. What does I that make know. you? I, I'm Larry. I, uh, Larry. I, I look just like him. I look just like him. I just need like a little bald part on the edge, and then my hair would just go, you know. <laughs> he certainly totally. got the hair for it. <laughs> Anyways, so I... Um, <laughs> I worked in, I work, I'm a sales engineer, I work with the sales engineering group. You know, I help people like, I demo Splunk, help them learn how to use it and help them, you know, become a customer or not, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't win them all. So, um, you know, uh, customer, uh, salespeople that I work with are asking me questions like you guys, customers, prospects, whomever, competitors, I don't care, are sending questions, obviously, as a part of your eval to your um, rep. Yeah, sales rep. Right. And if a sales engineer, okay, so if you're ever working with a company and a sales engineer responds to the question with a link to the documentation, call up his mom and tell him how disapp- tell her how disappointed that you are in her son, okay? Because he can't do that. A support person can do that, okay? Yes, yes. It's okay if they do that. But we're paid to help you guys like out. So a sales engineer should, you know, Try to understand what the hell you're doing. Usually they'll ask you, well, what are you really trying to accomplish there? Right. And then they may give you a decent answer like, okay, go here, click on this. Here's a screenshot. Yeah. So that, you know, so that you can get on your way and you can get over whatever road bump, road bump, speed map, speed map, road bump. I don't know. One of those. Yeah. (laughs) One of those that you're encountering. So I'd get these, I'd have these, I had a couple of emails that I just had around that were answers to a few questions. You know, it's a couple of like one paragraph answer, two paragraphs that would be like, how do I set up a forwarder? Yeah. Which I don't even know if it was called a forwarder. We called it Splunk to Splunk back then. And I would just take this and copy and paste it and send it to a rep. Send it to the customer, right? Because I didn't often know who, who they were. And, and, and it would be the answer. So I'm like, ah, I should make a video. And this is like in 2000, end of 2006 where... First of all, there weren't any decent screencasting tools for the Mac, really. There was Camtasia for Windows, but everything in Camtasia was done in a really ghetto way. Okay. It's not like today. It's not like today because Macs weren't still, they were just getting popular again and stuff. Yeah, they were, um, there was a lot less software available. And, you know, I found a screen recorder, but I thought, and, and there also wasn't a lot of examples of screencast videos back then. Everyone's doing them now. Yeah. But they're, so I I um I'd made a couple of videos um and I had sort of I don't think I came up with the term Splunk Ninja. Someone might have said that to me because 
I had come up with this tagline that I thought was funny called because ninjas are too busy. Yeah. And then I think somebody said Splunk Ninja or whatever. I don't know if I came up with it or, or somebody else did. They just associated with Ninja. Yeah. Because you, yeah. yeah. So uh, I decided I was going to make this video on I, there was one of them was getting there. There's one of them's gone because it used to focus on a product that we OEM called monitorware before we had a Windows build. But the second and third ones are up there like how to set up forwarders. And another one was like how to do. I don't remember what it was. But so I took Keynote. Uh, which was our PowerPoint thing back then. And I sort of made some slides and I found this little ninja guy, made a logo and then used like this really ghetto screen recording software. And then how, but the cool thing was, was Splunk gives us a blog. If you want a blog, you can have it. You can put whatever the hell you want on your blog within reason, obviously. You, you don't want to put douchey stuff on a company blog. Everybody should just know that, right? <laughs> but, um, so I um, had uh, made this video, and my face wasn't in any of these at first. The whole idea behind Splunk Ninja was I'm going to create this character, this faceless character, where a bunch of other people at Splunk would want to make videos, and we would have a bunch of people making these Splunk Ninja videos, except nobody did, right? <laughs> Yeah. Which is just, fine. Just you. yeah. Because nobody you. was either into it or they didn't feel like it. I did it because I wanted to, right? It was interesting to me. So I, um, I started making these videos, putting them on the blog post. And then the, everyone in the company really liked it, which was cool. Because Splunk's one of these companies, like, you don't have to ask for permission most of the time. You just do stuff. And people will tell you you're lame. <laughs> Matter of fact, duocracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is you will, whatever it is that you suck at, will probably end up on an email list that you're not a part of. (laughs) (laughs) And there'll be screenshots of stuff, and people will make fun of you. Yeah, that's true because I was on a lot of those that you weren't (laughs) on. I'm sure, but yeah, (laughs) I'm just kidding. So, um, anyways, people liked them, and then the the reps started sending out the links to the videos. It was convenient. It was easy. It was way easier. And, you know, I've always said that video captures both your senses. It captures your eyes and your ears. And it's hard to ignore. You can't focus on what's going on in a video, especially if it's a screencast, without looking at it or hearing it. And that's why I like doing them. So I kind of, the Splunk Ninja name kind of stuck to me and I just ran with it. So. And it's people beca- it's like become it. Your brand. It's become your brand. It's basically. kind of my brand, and it's cute. People like the ninja thing, and it's cute, and I like it. And I actually had a partner send me uh, from Japan. He sent me uh, some rubberized ninja stars, uh, oh, unlike cool. the ones that um, Steve Jobs got busted bringing in, which were actually real. Yeah. I have rubber ones because I have children. So. <laughs> Anyways, that's the long and roundabout story of Splunk Ninja. And then, oh, by the way, I created this community called SplunkNinja.com because there was a period in time about a year and a half ago when our, where Splunk's community was kind of weak. Like our forums. That was, that was a while back. Yeah, that was a while back. Yeah, maybe it was like two years ago. Like we had forums, but they were kind of weak. And Well, the community wasn't weak. I mean, the Splunk community has always been really, really. The like, people are amazingly, strong. Yeah. Amazingly strong and big. It's just we didn't have a place to to kind of gather and everyone was kind of trying to do it still. There's people trying to do it on their own too, but 
But uh, yeah, we kind of needed it, and you kind of stepped up at that point. Yeah, and then now, and and there wasn't really Splunk Answers back then. If Splunk Answers yeah. existed back then, I probably would have never done SplunkNinja.com. But you know, anyways, necessity is the mother of invention. So right. I started that. There's a couple of hundred members on that. People post on there, and I try to answer questions. People go it. The one difference on SplunkNinja.com is you can upload data, you can put blogs and other things like that. So if you're interested, check it out or you know whatever. Cool. Anyways, that uh, seemed like a fairly decent discussion that I mostly talked the whole time anyways, but... All right, next time I'll talk the whole time and you can go, yeah, cool. And And then, you know what, I'll I'll do at the right time, I'll like reintroduce things like this. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, he's on a hyena hiatus. Yeah, 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 right. (laughs) A hyena hyena hiatus. You know what? um, Whatever that means. Wow, what does that mean? It means he's on a sabbatical. Right. Yeah. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. There you go. Okay. Hey, Charlie Sheen's coming to your town, Maverick. You know that? Yeah, that's true. You got to go to the Amer- I If I was in Dallas, I would go see Charlie Sheen. Is he like doing comedy? What is he yeah, doing? Yeah, he's sold out. I, I don't think he's sold out the American Airlines Center yet, but he has like a multi-city tour of his torpedoes of tr- violent torpedoes of truth or something is what he really oh, okay well i'll have to go to the, i didn't know it was that so, Char- so, so charliesheen.com he's, he's he's running trying, with this he's trying to be he's trying to be serious about it but in reality it's going to be a comedy show oh it's it's obviously he a comedy show it. he won't be aware that it is but we do we all secretly know that we'll be winning because it's a comedy show oh he's aware of exactly what he's doing <laughs> anyways um Thanks for the feedback, the folks that write in questions. That's always cool. Um, we love to hear from you. Where do we? Where, where do people send feedback? Splunk talk at splunk dot com dot com dot org. No, no, no! Don't confuse them. They're not. Then they're not going to get the question right. All it's right, splunk so. talk at splunk dot com. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Thanks for listening. Uh, you want to take us out, Maverick? Uh, thanks for listening and happy splunking.